Hello, and welcome back to our podcast, Sherry Blair and Company, where we discuss social issues affecting the community at large. And now our host, Sherry Blair. So welcome to Hopeless and Depleted, How to Lead with the Mindset of of Hope. And thank you again for joining us. I just wanted to say this... uh, this topic, I had an opportunity to write about a little bit about this in my new book because I really was feeling hopeless. And those of you that know me, I'm one of the first 300 in the world trained in positive psychology for almost 20 years now. So feeling hopeless seems like, oh, no, that can't be Sherry Blair. But yes, I'm human. So finding hope during this time, which now is like over a year and a half ago, um really helped to optimize and fuel my optimism i should say so thank you for joining us today and good morning everyone just a couple quick house um keeping tips uh all questions are welcome and we ask you to just save them till the end we ask you to really um vigorously use the chat board if you choose get a paper and pen ready because we're going to do an exercise make yourself comfortable and make sure you are muted thank you i am jean hollowell and i'm a retired attorney and for 30 years while i practiced law i also coached trained, and taught businesses and individuals how to be the most successful they could be and I'm now continuing that uh, career as a teacher and trainer. And I'm Sherry Blair. Uh, super excited to be here with Jean. I've known her for quite some time and now we're getting a real chance to work together. And I am the CEO of an institute I founded almost over 20 years ago, I can't believe it. We're a learning organization, so we like to stay curious and rely on science to bring you what we would say is best practice or evidence-based practice um, to help you solve your problems and and go on for more satisfaction in life. Uh, When we work with organizations, we we work and hope to optimize an impact at work. So we work with people and organizational performance. We are collaborative. So we help to create a positive, healthy organizational culture. We do leadership management, coaching, and development. And ultimately, the goal is to increase happiness and satisfaction at work. You can check it out at sherryblairinstitute.com. And from time to time, I think we all send out messages for hope. Sometimes they're internal, like, oh my gosh, help me. And sometimes we confide in a trusted friend or family member. But we all, uh, just like this message that gets sent out from a bottle on a deserted island, we all hope someone will help us and respond. And so that's what we're here to talk about today, how to generate internal hope so that you have external motivation and action. Yeah, and then it makes me think of message in a bottle. So some people might be like, what? Hopeful now this COVID thing isn't stopping. How can we move forward? Uh, Are you freaking kidding me? Are are employees hopeful? You know, we still can't figure out how to get back to work. Who has time for that? 
and we're just trying to survive. The problem is when you ignore how people are feeling and Jean knows that I am off the hook, off the charts with some new data that came out from McKinsey, from uh, Gallup. Uh, so I was telling Jean, boy, we really are spot on about what's being recommended. But when you ignore how people are feeling or you just try to sometimes reset them without even caring about how they feel, so to speak, you are creating toxic positivity syndrome. And it's very important to, to check the pulse, the positivity pulse, the frenzied pulse, pulse the zombie pulse, on uh, what's happening with people. Um, big, major important thing to do is to listen and care about how people are feeling and thinking. So everyone not only wants to be heard, but needs to be heard, heard at work and at home and in, in the community. It's really a basic human need that we're wired to want to be heard. And so Sherry and I want you to know that your voice matters to us. Once again, we want you to use the chat during the presentation and hold those questions so that we can uh, chat with you at the end. And Sherry and I both hope that you'll be in touch with us after this presentation. Yeah, and there was science behind that as well that said, you know, people want to know that their voice is heard. So what is hope? At the very least, it's a mindset that gets us through the tough times. It motivates us, it supports us, it refuels us, and it builds our resiliency to handle those tough times. But the one really clear thing about hope is that it is a choice. It's a choice that we can make, and we're gonna talk a little bit more about that today. And it's a necessity in very difficult, tumultuous times, which we're still having. We're still talking about this pandemic, the COVID, how it's impacting us. We're talking about women's rights. We're talking about the war in Ukraine, the political landscape, gas prices. Uh, it's very important to realize, and this is coming from a mental health perspective, and there's been a lot of research on this too, saying that we're not really wired to to be taking in all of this at one time. That's why sometimes it's good to get off electronics. So hope becomes a necessity along with positivity. And there's a real return on investment by doing this. You truly broaden and build. The research by Barbara Fredrickson showed us about how positive emotions opens us up, broadens the mind. It, it spirals upward. The more the positive emotions and experiences that you acquire, you do start to see marginal gains. That's why it's important to celebrate your little steps along the way because it helps build up to those bigger gains. It builds our internal resources intellectually, socially, emotionally, and physically. And for people in leadership, it increases performance and productivity. So there's a real return on investment in terms of profitability. So Dr. Charles Snyder has often been called the father of hope because of the research that he has done extensive research on hope. And he has a lovely uh, saying about hope that we wanted to share with you. He says, a rainbow is a prism that sends shards of multicolored light 
in various directions. It lifts our spirits and makes us think about what is possible. And hope is the same. It's a personal rainbow of the mind. I love that. Like just thinking about shards of all these colors in your brain and what where that can take you. And it is more than a state of mind. People um, often say, well, I feel hopeful. And they, mis they, they miscategorize it as a, an emotion. And it's actually not emotion. It's a state of mind. Um, and it's an action-oriented strength. As Jean mentioned before, it's a choice. But think about it. Think about this. In the absence of hope, how can we possibly find motivation to reach our goals, to make a shift during the tough times, to help continue? I said, for me, it helped fuel my optimism. I'm a pretty optimistic person. Um, but when if we don't have it, think about that alternative. So not working on hope, you know, kind of doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So you want that return on investment because it helps you pick you up, especially, especially, especially when things go wrong. That's with positivity overall. And it's super important to realize we can't sugarcoat this. And there is no faking it until you make it. In fact, that creates a toxic insincerity. Um, and it's important to make a realistic assessment of a current situation. And being hopeful literally helps you do that. You can't sugarcoat it. And again, then it helps you realize what are those little gains, those marginal gains, as we continue to be hopeful along the way. So we're going to ask you to be realistic about yourself and understand how people around you are feeling. Dr. Roxanne Cohen-Silver, a psychologist at the University of California, was, is very well known for her research on trauma. And she has said that right now, what we are all feeling, she calls cascading collective trauma. And she defines it as chronic events with an unknown time end without knowing how bad things can get and when recovery can truly begin. Cascading collective trauma. So the Gallup poll this year uh, reflected a marked rise in negative emotions about and at work. So we have to start where we are. We have to recognize and be rational uh, about our state of mind and we're gonna build from here. And these are just some of the things that are impacting people from that mental health perspective. And the science is saying that workplaces need to care about mental health initiatives. Now, before the pandemic, stress and unhappiness was already costing U.S. businesses to the tune of $850 billion. In fact, I just worked on an infographic that now says not being engaged and imagined stressful, stressed out and unhappy employees are not engaged is costing U.S. businesses 7.8 trillion. Um, but seven out of 10 employees have reported extreme stress. There's lack of opportunities for advancement. They feel disrespected. This is why people leave things, low pay, and just roughly speaking, $12,000 loss per employee annually. Well, do the math. 
if you have a thousand employees and you have about 20% of them leaving and then times that times 12,000, look how much money your business is losing. So again, return on investment. It makes sense to be a caring leader who leads from the mindset of hope. So we're going to do a quick inventory here. This is when you can take out your paper and pencil, or you can just mentally make a note of it in your mind. But we're going to ask you a couple of quick questions. And when we work with people, we go a lot deeper than this survey. But since we are on a timeline here, we just want to do a quick inventory. So if zero is hopeless, totally hopeless, and 100 is totally hopeful, on a scale of zero to 100, how hopeful are you feeling at this moment? Just jot it down on your paper. You don't have to share it. And on a scale of zero to 100 with zero being totally depleted and 100 fully replenished, how do you rate your energy right now? And what numbers for hopeful and for energy would you like to feel? And can you imagine the possibilities if you lived with higher levels of hopefulness and energy? And if you can't think about it right now, just write down next to that, like what are the possibilities and kind of ponder on it later on and really write it down so that it helps you envision what it means to have more hope. So how do you feel? Some people have felt angry, happy. You could feel free to share in the chat, um, frustrated. There's a whole range of emotions that people can feel excited, anxious, proud, sad, satisfied, challenged, um, or on track. And sometimes we vacillate between both ends, right? And that's okay. We need to express it all and feel it all. There's true benefits of cultivating a hope mindset. Again, I mentioned this, it builds resiliency. It has physical health benefits. Emotional health is improved, helps us really to be more realistic, and it helps us make better choices. So we're going to just do a, uh, an exercise here on how to create and sustain hope. And as we all know, big journeys begin with small steps. Yeah, we couldn't possibly give you everything. We really want to get you started because your purpose and your why you, you're even attending this is key. And then you'll be ready for the next steps. So this was my part of the presentation to create. And I said to Sherry, I'm so excited. <laughs> we have an acronym. We have C-I-D-I-C. And she's like, what does that mean? And I go, commit, <laughs> identify, define, implement, celebrate. She goes, no, no, no. It has to, you know, the way people remember things is it means something. C-I-D-I-C doesn't mean anything. And I said, okay, well, then I'm just going to cheerlead it a couple of times so people remember it. Well, it so, does now. 
Because <laughs> Sherry's heard it about 20 million times. C-I-D-I-C. So let's take a minute and see what that actually means. Uh, and while you're getting a piece of paper and a pencil, uh, I just want you to know that uh, we do have a handout on this for you to keep. And we'll tell you more about that at the end of this uh, 30 minutes. So five tips to cultivating hope. The first one is you have to commit to hope. And that kind of commitment doesn't simply happen. We humans are generally not wired to commit to hope, but we do have the tools and the skills to commit to hope. And there's a couple ways that we can commit to hope rather than choosing a negative emotion. So how do we do that? Well, how do we commit to hope? We can do a breathing exercise. I'm sure you know something like, I breathe in hope, I breathe out action. And you just sit with that for a few minutes to help you cultivate commitment. Or you can write an affirmation like, I'm a hopeful person, or I believe in hope, or I believe in a positive outcome. And put these on stickies where you will see them. But Sherry, I know you want to say something about that. Oh, yeah. No faking it until you make it. That doesn't work. Um, somebody was going to catch on. Uh, and that's going to be your insides, that toxic insincerity. So even if you're not believing this right at the moment, but you know something drew you here, that you do want to be more hopeful, just explore the possibilities. Commit to being open to learning more right? So I'm open to learning more. I may not be very hopeful right now. However, I, I, I'm committed to exploring the possibilities. Something like that. Beautiful. And the last quick way to commit is to be mindful. We're all human. We can all default to feelings of depletion. because because But also because we are human, we can refocus to hope. So being mindful means noticing when we default to depletion and we refocus our mind on hope. So breathing, affirmations, mindfulness, they all help us commit to hope. So hope begins with commitment. Now I want each of us to identify one problem you wished did or did not exist currently in your life. And take a minute and write down one thing that's a problem, a challenge, an issue, that just thinking about it depletes you. It can be work, family, financial, friendships, health. Brene Brown challenges us to be vulnerable. She is the, she's the top research on vulnerability. So I'll just be really vulnerable while you're thinking about your own. I was divorced for 25 years. I had lots of friends and activities, but I knew something was missing. And in January, 2022, I decided to make a change and commit to being hopeful that I could find a partner. Uh, I just decided to stop defaulting to all the good ones are gone or no one is honest online. So my challenge was to look for someone to have dinner with and maybe do a bit of traveling. So what is your challenge? What can you identify? Now let's 
The next step is to define an action plan. And we don't have time to define an action plan right now for, for everything that needs to be done to um, address this challenge. But let's create your first step. My first step was to get a good picture of myself, a good current picture for the dating apps. What is your first step in confronting this challenge? And now let's just take a minute and just visualize how you would implement that first step. What does it look like? Can you see yourself doing it? Can you close your eyes and just see taking that first step? And lastly, and finally, we have to feel that sense of pride and accomplishment that we ab actually did something with hope, with the commitment to hope, we turned it into action and we celebrate. So that's the last step. Yes, and celebrating, um, recognizing the work we're doing, it helps to shape the new behavior and thoughts and beliefs that we wanna see. And so we really um, are inspiring you, hoping that you can imagine your possibilities. What does your world look like when there's more hope? What does your workplace look like when there's more hope? And just like this hopeful little girl here, ready to fly, um, imagine the possibilities. Yeah, we, we, um, we are all hopeful that each of us can commit to hope and to live with a mindset of hope. So the next um, little mini boosty booster, like a TED talk that we're doing is July 21st. So mark your calendars for stressed and burnt out at work, what you can do to change your workspace. You might not be able to change your entire workplace, but you can change your workspace and also save the date. Join us in San Diego or virtually, we're gonna be doing a full day, Friday, October 21st, 2022 for Disrupted, the world changed, is your workplace keeping up? So mark your calendars for those two dates. And we thank you so much for joining our Leadership and Management Strategies for Success. If you have any questions, um, email at info at cherryblairinstitute.com. You can text us at 973-943-6356. Also, if you'd like, create an account at cherryblairinstitute.com and you can get handouts and other free goodies as well or download our app. Um, there's lots of great stuff coming out on our app at Sherry Blair Institute. Jean, do you have anything to say to this beautiful group? Does, uh, uh, do Carol Ann, do you need the dates again? Yeah, October 21 is the live and hybrid um, San Diego event. Great. And then, and then we'll be doing a training in July. Do you know the date yet in July? July 21st. July 20. So October 21st and July 21st. Perfect. Yeah, very good. Okay. Okay. I will.